Welcome into Petty Page and the Cold Taker. I'm the host, Paige Demakos, here with Fred Siegel, Old Takes Exposed. Fred, how you doing? Wonderful. I I wasn't at the Taylor Swift concert last <laughs> night like you were, but <laughs> not everybody is so lucky, Fred, that Taylor Swift opens up in their city. She did a great job. We're gonna get into uh, some of her pettiness later on in the podcast because I call myself the Petty Queen. I think she might be the Petty Empress. Like I think she might be oh. a little bit higher ranking. Uh, just because she has a lot more money than I do, so she can shove it in people's faces a little bit more than I can. Uh, but if I was her and had all that fame, I would definitely be doing what she's doing. So we'll get into that later. But we're gonna we're gonna start things off with our worth a mention segment, and and I'll let you tee this up because this was your crowdsourced question, Fred. Yeah, I think each week we're gonna start doing some crowdsourced questioning where I uh, where we we send out questions to. Uh, so through social media and try to f- figure out, gauge other people's responses, but open-ended ones or sometimes poll questions. But today uh, I want to talk about these different Raptors and the, the Raptors, Toronto Raptors all year. And a lot of media were biting into this too. We're talking about how they're the different Raptors and they actually have done this, you know, the past two, three years where, you know, this year is going to be different. They're going to be able to exercise the demons, beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're, they're totally um, got just a different vibe to them this year. They're, they're going to figure it out and it, it's different. They're the different Raptors and it didn't end up being different at no. all. They got swept. It was actually a disaster. Yeah. I, you couldn't, you couldn't print out a bigger disaster than what happened no. to them because they're not, they're not, uh, you know, the Cavs are not four and zero better. Than no, them. they're not. They're just like chokers. The, the Raptors, they just choke. Yep. And so, the Raptors, uh, the different Raptors. I, I tweeted out that it kind of reminds me of when I, before each school year, and I wasn't the best student at all in any type of <laughs> uh, school. <laughs> and yeah, I would say I would do all the homework and the readings, and go to all the lectures and take notes. And, you know, that lasts like two weeks. Yeah. Oh, sure. And you read all the books and everything. And the different Raptors, just like you try to convince yourself it's going to be different this year. And it's just end up being different. And I wanted to know which real life ill-fated promise this is similar to. And I, I, I thought that, that one was a good one. Uh, it's kind of like New Year's resolutions. Yeah, very much so. Keep diet, yeah. go to the gym. Those, uh, it, this was the different Raptors thing is really a new year's resolution. 100%. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> it's the new year, new me, you know, you see the, it's the, I'm going to go the, the, I always joke about this because I work out at lifetime fitness and like in January, the place is just swamped. Okay. Mm-hmm. By mid February, it's back to normal because everybody gives up on their new year's resolutions and the gym is the way it's supposed to be. I'm like, Oh. Everybody, everybody who gave up on their resolutions is gone because they last between two to six weeks and then they're all gone. And I think that's the that's kind of like the best version of of this, like talking yourself into like, yeah, it's going to be different this time. Like, no, no, it's not going to be different. And the one I thought about was and this is maybe just because I've heard some of my girlfriends like talk about this when they're talking about who they're dating. It's like. When you when there's a guy who has a horrible reputation, right? He's whatever, whatever it is. He cheats on his girlfriend, or he's kind of an asshole, whatever it is. It's the girl that talks herself into, 
but I'm going to change him. It's going to be, it's yeah, gonna it's be gonna different with different. me. It's different this you know, time. It's going to be different yeah. with me. And you know, you yeah. know, you're like, you know, I can hear my friend talking to our group of friends. And like, we're like, yeah, okay. And then she leaves and we're like, what the fuck is she talking about? Like, that's not going to, that's not true. <laughs> like, that's not going to Well, and, and you know what's great about that? From the dude's perspective. So you got the dude. And a lot of times the dude, so say he cheats on the, the girlfriend, the girlfriend finds out and he comes back with like a long winded uh, apology, yeah. emotional, says he's going to be better. The dude the dude believes he's going to be better. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, he, he going into it. I mean, some of them don't. Some of them are just full of shit anyway. Sure. But some of them actually believe they're going to be better. And it, but they're not. They end up being better. And it's like the Raptors, they, too, they, they bought into it. They believed this year is going to be different. But they didn't. They should have known because they, they only believe. They didn't actually put so it here, in. Here's the thing. I don't understand. This is where I was talking to people that I know work in the NBA. And I was trying to, I was trying to understand why people pick the Raptors because in, in the FRS sports office, there were a couple people in the office that in our picks picked the Raptors. And I said, what, what has Toronto done in big moments that makes you think that it's going to be different? Well, they won. I go, I don't want to hear about the regular season. What have they done in the postseason that makes you believe? They barely beat a beaten-up, trash Washington Wizards team. <laughs> I was like, what are you guys watching that made you think that this team was going to go beat LeBron and company? And, oh, by the way, Kevin Love started playing like an all-star. So I think everybody forgets that that guy is still on the team. Tristan Thompson has been resurrected since he's out of timeout with LeBron. Okay? So it's – and he has contributions. But the reality was – Fred, when they were up, when Toronto was up at home in game one and by, by double digits and LeBron, the team and LeBron didn't have a great night. He went like, he went like 12 for 35. He, he did not have a great night shooting. He had 26 points. He, when they came back and tied the game up and then took the lead for the first time in overtime and LeBron did not score a point in overtime and they lost. I looked at everybody in the office. I said, they are getting swept. It is over. They are not winning a game. They, can, they are so mentally weak. It is like LeBron mm. owns a little part of their brain, and he just destroys them. I, I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't know, man. I, even like, you got, even Dwayne I feel like you got to get comments. Like, it's very bizarre. I feel like you got to get a new coach. Yeah, absolutely. You, no matter what happens. He's gonna, this guy's going to win the coach of the year and get fired. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get a new coach because – um, it, I mean, that's just the first thought in my head sure. because what, what you do is you get the new coach and the new coach kind of gives you hope for sure. Because it, even if, even if this coach is even, his, even if it isn't his fault, no. even if it isn't his fault, he, he, he you just, there's no hope anymore no. because he doesn't have the right answer. Here's my, here's my question to you. And I talked to, and I know I've mentioned that my dad coaches division one basketball before, but I talked to my dad, I go, dad, what happens if Brad Stevens is coaching that Toronto team? Just what do you think happens? And he goes, it's a much different series. And, and it's it, what happens if Greg Popovich is coaching that team? I just I don't believe when I listen to Dwayne Casey after they're down 2-0, okay? They're not, they're not out of the series by any means. They're down 2-0. He talked about when he postgame, going to Cleveland and playing for pride. Like the series was <laughs> over. Like the, 
I know, and they almost won games. That's three. what I'm saying. But I, can you imagine it, being it, Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan and hearing your head it, coach talk about the series like it's over? What What does that inspire within you? I would be completely defeated. Yeah. I just, I can't. No, you gotta, you go. gotta get rid of it. You gotta get a new coach. Yeah. Uh, speaking of coaches, oh, good. Here we go. Brad Stevens, man, he, his, his stock is as hot as anybody could be yes. i mean first of all he's got all the makings of a, a hot coach mm-hmm. stock wise he it, it nothing will get you more uh ascension in the in terms of coaching stock it than when you overachieve when people feel like you overachieve 100 yep, percent. and when 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 now that he has two guys hurt and he did this and he's he's almost about to win the series against uh, Philadelphia, he is God. It's like, because you're playing with house money and then you win. And that's really it. When when things are on an even playing field, when people feel like things are on an even playing field and you lose, then people start to question your your coaching ability. And I don't know if people are ever going to question Steven's coaching ability as a whole, but if if he had a full roster... Healthy roster, and then he was losing. Then people would say, people would say, people would criticize his moves. Yeah. But now, it's his stock is so high. I'm trying to think of, and if we could think of examples of people or coaches in any sport whose stock was this high at any time. Yeah, I mean, I, to, to, to me, this is a unique situation because it's not only that he's, you know, he's he's doing well. He's a young coach. He came into the league with a lot of excitement. It's kind of always been around that, but it's the it's the him playing with house money that makes him. Yeah, that's the that's like the wild card here because it's it. This is a different situation than I think I can think of because there are no expectations. There there were this team when Kyrie Irving went down, they were not favored to win a series, and now they're yeah. one game away from being in the Eastern Conference Finals. So I think this yeah. is just this is just such a unique situation where I started to think about it and go, what other what other coach has ever has ever really had this? I don't I don't know. I couldn't think. Well, of one. I could tell I could tell you one right now that I'm thinking okay. of, but it's kind of a different situation because his stock was already high. Okay. Urban Meyer Ooh, after Ohio yep. State won the national championship. He had, he was down to his third quarterback. Yeah. And everyone good. said it was the greatest coaching job of all yeah. time. Now, Erd Meyer's stock was already really For hot. Sure. So he was, he was one of the top three, coach, but everyone had put him over Saban after that. And then uh, they haven't been back to the national championship. And um, so his stock in terms of great, the best coach in the country has kind of slipped. Yeah, I, I, I think- and I'm talking about the, all, the best in the country. He's still top three in the country or top four, but uh, he he his stock was at all time high at that point when he won. And maybe in 2008 too, when he won with UF for the second year out of three years. But Urban Meyer, that's one. Yeah, that's a comes to mind. That's a great one. Uh, a great one. I was trying to think of like like Harbaugh maybe in moments where he's had like when, when Alex Smith went down and then right. Alan Kaepernick yeah. was in and it was like, look at what he's doing with this backup quarterback. Like, Oh my God, you know, like setting mm-hmm. the NFL on fire, changing everything, you know, like I think a lot of that, that's <sighs> like 
that was one of those times where it kind of felt like he was playing with house money a little bit because it was like, oh, your quarterback, you know, you're not playing your starting quarterback. So the expectation is that you're like, you know, everything, you don't have any expectations anymore. Uh, I think that's a, anytime a starting quarterback goes down, yeah, that's up. Oh, Doug Peterson. Yeah, I think that's right now. Doug Peterson's stock is at an that's all-time That's a very high. good one too. I mean, it's only going to go lower sure. because what's going to happen is NFL is so hard to maintain. Yes. Uh, you know, Doug Doug Peterson's going to start any loss. He'll get questioned I mean, by people for sure. He went up against. You're talking about a span where he went up against the Minnesota Vikings, who were the top-rated defense. And trash mm-hmm. them with a backup quarterback. Yeah, with, with a quarterback that everyone thought was yes. washed. And then, uh, and then went into the Super Bowl against Tom Brady with a backup yeah. quarterback, where they were, where you're going, okay. I mean, it's Tom Brady. They're not like the Eagles are not. The Eagles have never won a Super Bowl. This is not happening. And then they win the Super Bowl, and I that's a great example because I think, especially for him, uh, because it's the uh, not for long league. I can only imagine like his stock will never be as high as it is right now. Because when Carson Wentz comes back, it's like, okay, it's your dude. Like, you're playing. But when he had Nick Foles in there, it's like, wow. He just won a Super Bowl against Tom Brady with a backup Yeah, You can't get any higher than that. Yeah. Mike Tomlin, when he won his Super Bowl for the Steelers against um, against the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. That Super Bowl, Mike Tomlin was at an all-time yeah, high, and now people are questioning. He's still living off yeah, of that. Yeah, now but people, yeah, people are questioning whether he should still be the coach yeah, now. For sure, uh, it doesn't last in the NFL. No, it does not. It doesn't unless you're Belichick. No, it doesn't last unless you're <laughs> winning Super Bowls. That's the only way it lasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to rank the pettiness. Paige is the queen of petty. Paige is the queen of petty, and. Yes. Um, she's also a petty enthusiast. She loves pettiness. <laughs> I don't know how petty she is herself, but she's pretty petty. She um, loves just sitting aside and viewing the pettiness of others. Yes. And um, so I'm going to name a situation that happened in the past week. And Paige, you're going to rank the petties out of five. Now, okay. Let's be a little bit more critical. Paige yep. is a, uh, she has a, uh, tendency to just throw out fives like it's candy on Halloween. But uh, <laughs> I've been more critical over the last couple of weeks, so I'm, right. I'm, I'm trying to be more critical. Okay. Days. So the coach, the National uh, Coaches Association named their coach of the year, uh, and it was Dwayne Casey. Now, L O L. Well, I think these they vote. These Regular are the season. these are the basketball coaches. These are the coaches of all the teams. In the yep. NBA, who and vote, they on vote the, in the regular season? They vote in the regular season, so it's not you don't take it into account the playoffs. And uh, Dwayne Casey was the coach of the year. And what's more notable is the fact that Brad Stevens didn't get a single vote. Yep. Or what was it? First place vote or any vote? No, he didn't get any votes. He didn't get any votes. He didn't get a single nope. vote from the coaches. Now, nope. uh, so articles are coming out from various prominent writers that are saying through their sources that there are, there is a little bit of a uh, dislike for Brad Stevens is his ascension as a coach, his ascension as a young coach in the league and his rise. And now everyone's just telling, talking about how he's amazing. And he's basically a God, like kind of, we just spoke about before. 
yeah. if that's the case, how petty are these coaches for just not even giving him a first place vote, even if they thought that he earned it? So, so I, I wanted I wanted to give it a five, but it's I'm going to go with a four here. This is this is real petty. This is like this is like extra. This is like jealousy, pettiness, like real extra like you're talking about like I, I think it was Mark Stein that reported it and he called it the old guard of coaching which made uh, me laugh the old loud, school right? the old school old guard of coaching so this I'm just envisioning this like table round table where these all these old school coaches are together and they're talking about how they can't stand how much praise Brad Stevens is getting and they're and they're texting each other about it and there's this like conspiracy against Brad Stevens so obviously that's not that's not been reported, but that is what has been reported is that there's some jealousy towards Brad Stevens and his ascension. So from a pettiness scale, this is pretty freaking petty. This is pretty petty of these coaches to not even, especially when you consider the fact that Gordon Hayward did not play the entirety of the season and Kyrie Irving was out for most of the season. And they are a two seed in the East over LeBron James and the Cavaliers. I think to me, I look at that and go, how the hell did this team not get a, how the hell did Brad Stevens not get one vote? I mean, that's just, you're sipping the haterade and you're super petty and I'm here for it. And I'm, yeah. And I love it. And it's a four. It's not not perfect. It's a four. It's not perfect. It's a four. I I think this is the spot you want to be though. You got everyone yeah. pissed off. If you're Brad Stevens, who cares about winning coach of the year? You're, oh, if you're pissed off. Shit. Yeah. yeah. If you're getting everyone pissed off, you're annoying them. You're getting under their skin. Brad Petty. I mean, Brad, 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 Brad Stevens, Brad Stevens is a, strikes me as a real intelligent guy. Probably yeah. goes home to his wife. I think his wife is wife represents him in everything. That's, that's cool. His wife's a lawyer represents him in all the stuff. But I think he goes awesome. home to his wife and says, uh, you know, he'll never say it in public. He'll never say anything. No, he doesn't seem like the petty type to at least express it in public, but he probably goes home and says, Oh God, these guys, I got him. I got him. I got him where I want him. (laughs) You know, you know what I need to happen. You know what I need to happen is in a, in a very (sighs) unlikely scenario here. Okay. I'm talking very, very far reach and I will not be picking if the Celtics do in fact win and go on to the Eastern conference finals. I will not be choosing the Celtics to go to the finals. Okay. And I would not be choosing them to beat either the Houston Rockets or the Warriors, but in a hypothetical petty page world, the ideal scenario would be for Brad Stevens to win a title with this team and then do some petty ass shit after he won the title. Like I'm talking ultimate warrior shirts like LeBron did back in the day. I'm talking like that kind of level. Like I can't even imagine if that was me, the level of pettiness I would skyrocket to. It would be unthinkable levels of pettiness. It would never happen. Brad Stevens I, doesn't, know, it he, it doesn't seem the type to do that at all. It, it, no, but it, it's, it, the, the championship's not going to happen pet, either. So. Pettiness, as much as you like it, is a sign of weakness. Because um, oh, yeah. it has them in your head, it, it just shows that you have they had you in your head, and oh, sure. um, you know the stronger person doesn't care; they're just going to yeah. go out and win. And Brad Stevens, if there's anybody who does who doesn't like who seems to have uh, no sense of of, of I- emotional weakness, it would be yeah. him. He's too he's, he's too, too analytical. Yeah, he's analytical. too good to, yeah. to 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 care about that kind of stuff. Yeah, he just seem- seems like he seems like just like a regular, like super analytical, kind of like Theo <laughs> Epstein. They kind of yeah. remind me of each other. They're just very like matter of fact, don't really care about stupid stuff. Like just yeah. kind of stay even keel. Boring, really. Yeah. 
Yeah. I want the pettiness. I want the pettiness. (laughs) All right. Moving on. Paige went to the Taylor Swift show last night, as we spoke about before. It was, I guess, it opened in the University of Phoenix Stadium. Yep. Her tour. Uh, And if you want to go to the sports page, Instagram account, Paige has a story up and it's it's rather amusing it's she's showing <laughs> showing a bunch of acts and then in the background she's singing the songs and like ta- <laughs> well so uh, apparently taylor swift has this huge feud with katie perry yes um and it's a you know a feud about who's better i guess or something like that. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like typical girl BS. Like guys, it started there. It's like so, they wrote so, they wrote songs about each other. They like snubbed each other on a red carpet. You know all the typical. Okay, that sounds celebrities do sounds juicy. So, tell us what she did at the and and why okay. that's important in her opening act. Okay, so the way that her show opened was literally incredible pettiness levels. So. It was about, I would say, 90 seconds to two minutes of audio clips as there is smoke and fire coming up behind. And there are uh, the whole digital stage is snakes and all these words fake and all these different terms that people have called her coming up on screen. And it is all audio clips of people in entertainment and news media talking negatively about Taylor Swift. Okay, it's like people calling her fake. And I heard a clip of somebody from E! News that's going, you know, Taylor Swift, I can't stand that girl. You know, she's just so annoying and fake. So it is like two straight minutes of clips of people that are talking shit about Taylor Swift. And meanwhile, all this smoke and fire is coming up on it. And there's snakes on the screen and all these words are coming up. And everybody, I'm not exaggerating, there's 65,000 people in there. It was so freaking loud. People were losing their goddamn minds because she is talking. She is like the pettiness level at an all time high. And then she opens with, are you ready for it? And this cobra, I am not exaggerating. It was like a 25 foot cobra comes out of the back of the stage. And there are snakes like all over the stage. And I'm just losing my shit, right? I'm like, oh my God, I am not the highest level of petty this this is what i aspire to be it was incredible fred it was incredible this is the only way to describe it i i wish i could have seen the pettiness they're probably on youtube or something oh but... i was gonna say i have a full i'll send you the video clip i'll put it up on i'll put it up on twitter because yeah. i didn't I, I wanted to video it in full because i was so highly entertained by what was happening and i could not believe like, oh, my God, she really did this. And that's what this whole this whole thing was. Her new album was like the old Taylor is dead. And this is my reputation tour. Like she's basically giving a big F you to everybody else. Like, I don't give a shit what you say about my reputation. Like I make a ton of money. I hit all the bangers and I don't care. And so I was like, you go, Taylor. You I love capitalizing off the pettiness, capitalizing, capitalizing- on other people talking trash about her people love that yes people love the people yes. love the pain it's great capitalization i don't think that you think it was her idea no way someone came in you think no it, way do you think they sat down at a table and go taylor this is what we're thinking 
Oh, yeah. yeah. She has a team of people yeah. uh, that yeah. came to her and was probably like, hey, Taylor, this is what we're thinking. And because I know she's super petty, like yeah. she's throw, she's done stuff like this before, she was probably all about it. She yeah. was like, oh, yeah, we're yeah. all the way in. That's it. And, That's... And, she, and just the way she opened it, you were like, oh, shit, she ain't messing around. Like, she's here. Like, I told you before, like, she sat on a, like, for people that watch Game of Thrones, like, I know you don't watch Thrones, but on the Game of Thrones, there's this majestic throne right it's just magnificent it's huge and ridiculous and way over the top she made a throne that is made out of it was like gold snakes it was she was like i'm sitting on a crown of pettiness it was unbelievable she had whatever level of pettiness there is in this world she achieved the highest level she didn't she is she's literally doing an entire tour off of pettiness that's what's happening that's what happened she gets a five. There's no no question. Five out of five. Ten out of five. All of the all of the perfection from a pettiness. And as I I told you earlier, she is now in my mind the empress of petty. So she's a step ahead of me. I can't I cannot mess with her level of petty. I wouldn't even try. The empress of petty. The empress of petty. The you EOP. The EOP. The EOP. She is she is my. <laughs> I I worship her. I bow to her. I want to learn from her. I am I am so highly entertained by what she was doing last night. And the funniest part is that all the people that I work with were all freaking out because they're like, oh, my God, yeah. she's petty <laughs> oh, they all you. Came with you, huh? you. You want to be like her. Yeah. We've created a monster with the petty page stuff on social media because people just start tagging me and shit all the time. It's so funny. <laughs> so good. Uh, so good. One last petty uh, incident with – Joel Embiid and Marcus Morris during the game four, which was in Philadelphia between the Sixers and the Celtics. The Celtics were up three zero and Marcus Morris for the Celtics was jabbing with Joel Embiid and they were talking and they were fighting um, war of words. And uh, Marcus Morris wasn't listening to a word he said and just simply in his face was pointing out three zero three zero as it the score of the series. And uh, it kind of is like, uh, don't talk to me, hand <laughs> to the face, kind of like, uh, <laughs> no, 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 I can't hear you. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like, I, I, I yeah. seriously, my, my, my seven-year-old son that does that to my five-year-old daughter. Um, <laughs> it, it rank the pettiness of Marcus Morris's 3-0 act to Joel Embiid. Um, so I liked it, but it's not like over the top. It would have been better if they won the game. So I kind of like docked them some points because it's like, eh, you can, I, I, I appreciate the, like, you know, kind of, I was a little like, I like Joel Embiid a lot, but like, dude, like you're down three Oh in a series. And he was jawing so much that I was like, bro, chill out, man. Like you can't do that. You're down three Oh, your team, your team literally put confetti on the court last game. And you lost the game. Like, keep your mouth shut and play basketball. Like, I'm fine if you come back and you win this series. God bless you. Talk all the shit you want. But, like, that was, like, part of it that, like, started bothering me. And I get Marcus's response, the 3-0. Um, and I appreciate it. I think it was pretty funny. It made me laugh. But I would say it's, like, a 3 out of 5. It's definitely not a 5 out of 5. If they, like, won the game and maybe he, like, did some shit post game or, like, wore a shirt or something like that. Maybe I would give it a higher rating, but like just that specific incident, it's so small, didn't really take that much. It gets a three. It was fine. Yeah, it was. It's it's it was kind of like immature petty. 
Yeah, like, it wasn't, sure. That's why I'm not into it. It was it like schoolyard, like, uh, yeah. seventh grade, Patty. Yes. Yeah, I, very... I don't take it. I don't, it doesn't take for me. You got to nah, be more clever. Like, no, nah, you got to be more clever. And it's very much like, like you said, like schoolyard, like, yeah, you didn't, it didn't require any effort. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's easy. It's too easy. You got to, you got to be Taylor Swift level. You got to go extra. I'm here for the extra petty, not for the too easy. That would, that's, it's a three. It was funny. It made me laugh, but I was like, didn't, I didn't think anything of it later on. I wasn't like, oh yeah, I love that moment. It was, it was, it is what it is. It was okay. Yeah. But it's time, it's time, it's time to talk about loaded vaults, Fred. Okay. Okay. So, so I have a, I have a, I have a question for you because I've been thinking about this a lot. Uh-huh. So one of the things we talked about was that if the Sixers did not make the Eastern Conference Finals, uh-huh. you had a you, you had a loaded vault. Uh-huh. You had a, you were you were like, oh yeah, I'm waiting for that, right? Uh-huh. But the other thing I now this is a huge hypothetical. But if the Celtics lost, right? They were up 3-0. If the Celtics lose and the Sixers come back and win this series, win four in a row, which would be unbelievable. Okay, would that be a bigger vault than the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals? Which one is more loaded? Okay, so we talking about the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals based on the fact of what happened earlier in the year? Yes, where everybody was just chalking them up to like, oh my God, they won all these games in a row. Uh, Oh, they're automatically going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes. Okay, Um, the three zero would be more three. Anytime a team's down three zero, up three zero, and loses, that's going to be just a, a. an annihilation. An annihilation, but okay. because literally no one thinks that the, the other team's going to come back. So you have everybody uh, yeah. talking about the Sixers' demise. And yeah. what I was talking about before about, and I talked about this last pod about my theory about excuse leverage. You know how yeah. the Celtics have so much excuse leverage going into the series? Is yep. that because they have two players out? Um, you Celtics fans could say, oh, well, you barely beat us. I mean, you, you couldn't even beat us with two, with, with their two players out. Or if the Sixers won, then they could say, well, we had our two players out. We'll beat you with them, yeah, with them back. Sure. We were still not healthy. The, the excuse leverage is so high. I think now if the Celtics went up 3-0, it kind of diminishes the excuse leverage. I you cannot that. go – no matter how – healthy unhealthy your team is no matter how many injuries you have you go up 3-0 and you blow that it doesn't matter you're that's oh, yeah. that that's there's choke, no excuse that's, that's choke, choke city yeah. and yeah. it doesn't matter if you uh it just doesn't matter if you have um if you have both players out it, it, no, you can't i agree with you yeah I agree with so you so the celtics down 3-0 coming back and losing uh, the Sixers coming back and losing would be a great, and um, especially because these Sixers fans hold receipts like no other. Oh, uh, it would be – I, I don't even I know it. if I could even handle it myself. Um, just it. all these Sixers fans would be just blowing up my feed. They would tag me the things that I already posted seven <laughs> times. It would be just a uh, – uh, I, I would have a lot of tweets myself because I, I, I sent out a lot of tweets basically assuming the Sixers would win. So I'd have yeah. to post mine too. So, yeah, no, I think I I am. You know how I am. I root for you. I yeah. Root for chaos. So I I think this would be the ultimate chaos. Now I like I do have this affinity for Brad Stevens. I find myself liking Brad Stevens, which makes me feel ill because I don't like the Celtics, but they have a lot of likable guys. Like I like it's like I and I kind of started liking Philly too. I was like, oh, I like Joel Embiid. 
Ben Simmons is kind of cool, blah, blah, blah. Philly fans make me laugh. But now I'm kind of in this conundrum where I'm like, eh, I kind of want to root for chaos. So sorry, Boston, you can be mad at me. Mm-hmm. I also picked Philadelphia to win the series. So from a selfish standpoint, I want, I want Philadelphia to come back and win. I don't think it's going to happen. I want to go out on the record. They haven't lost a home game yet. I envision that the series is over tonight. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it gets past this game. So I, I, I think that that will end, but you never know. There's always, there's always, uh, there's always the chance. There's always a chance. They lose tonight and they got to go back to Philly. Now I'm entertained. So we'll see. I already, the next one I'm more okay. entertained by. The next one I'm more entertained by. Um, yeah, the, the Cavs are done. The Cavs, so are, many. there's so many so Cavs many are done. And for some reason, you know, nobody ever, this happens every year. And yes. I think each year, it's progressively seemed worse for Cleveland. For Even sure. the year they won the championship, it, it seemed worse. Like each year, it seemed like things were getting worse than the year before at mm. this period, at, during the mid part of the season for Cleveland. Every, uh, Cavs were done. This year, they really thought the Cavs were done. In January, and some a little after the trade, maybe people thought, "Hey, the Cavs are going to be back. They got their players." But then, you know, around March, they're done. Uh, if the Cavs make the finals, it's always good. I just yeah. can, I can, I can. There's so much I could do with that. Um, and you know, if they beat the Celtics, if the Celtics make the finals, it's great too. So yeah. you know, the Celtics, the Celtics. I have a lot of stuff from when Kyrie went down. Oh, the season's done. Oh, it's yeah. done. They're not even playing for the finals anymore. So that's yep. already always good. And and the and the Rockets Warriors series is great. Uh, I, I'm excited for it because all throughout the year when the Rockets were doing really well, and um, maybe they they one time they won 14, 15 games in a row. There were a lot of announcements that the the Rockets are gonna are gonna beat the Warriors. They're going to the finals. And then there were also a lot of announcements that. The, war, the Rockets have no chance against the Warriors. And, and now that the Rockets, I mean, I guess they lost a game to the Jazz. Um, and they lost a game to whoever they played in the first round. Who they played in the first round? Who? The Rockets? Yeah. The Rockets beat the, they not the, I'm looking at the Pelicans. I Now I can't remember. The, no, I don't even remember. It was probably such yeah. a forgettable. Timberwolves, Timberwolves. And they lost a game to Minnesota, right? Yeah. Yep. So, oh, they lost two games. Ooh. But yeah, it was, people, it was, people still think that they're frauds. So that's a good oh, one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that, that, that's a good one. I think it's. I, so, a little of that has come from the fact that now Chris Paul makes it to his first conference finals he had never done that before so a little of that was kind of that like Chris Paul can't win in the postseason storyline that kind of followed him around plus he would always kind of get injured around this time then he drops 41 points last night in a closeout game and kind of shuts that one down he was 41 points and a 10 10 10 assists or more than that and he had zero turnovers yeah like an on I mean you're talking about an un freaking believable game so good for him I think this is this is the first time Steve Kerr will not have home court advantage. So I think that makes this a little bit more interesting. I will on the pod make my prediction that the Warriors win in six. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to pick the, I'm not ready to pick the Rockets. I just the the reality is you look at that Warriors team. They're so talented. Mm-hmm. They're so, I mean it's 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 the most talented team we'll probably ever see. I mean it's it honestly if I was Adam Silver I would have blocked Kevin Durant going there. I would have been like yeah nah you're not doing that. Like it's it's ridiculous. They're so talented, and 
you have so many people that can shoot and have off nights that I just, I don't envision it. But I know that I love that you got Jason McIntyre because he uh, said that the Chris Paul to the Rockets was a bad idea. And I love that they ended up making it to the conference finals. So oh, he's, he's been out. on that hill the whole year and he's still on it. So he did. I think he said recently that the, the Warriors are going to crush him. Maybe yesterday or the day before. So um, oh, he's, been, he's been on that hill all year. I mean, he's, he'll have to eat a lot. Of, he's already eating a lot of crow from the fact that the Rockets were number one seed and it hasn't really been a disaster. But if, if, if they win and get to the finals, then he's going to have to eat a lot of crow. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, ro- I'm rooting for Houston to get there. I want some fresh blood. Plus, I want to, I want to watch you old takes so many people. Yeah. Because the Warriors, there's so many takes. So I think that would be funny, but I just don't, I don't see it happening. But let's end with, uh, Fred, let's end with off your chest. You get to go first here. What is on your mind that you have to get off your chest. Well, I know you like Fred the Fan coming back. I love Fred. Love. Let me just tell people. <laughs> Fred the Fan, my favorite version of Fred. The best. <laughs> so fun. All right. So I saw an article from one of these publications. I think it was like Gridiron. God, I don't even know what the name of the publication is. It was one of those Saturday, Saturday Down South. Now, maybe not. Uh, Southern something. I don't know. Okay. But it was uh, about the University of Florida. I'm a University of Florida alum. And I'm a huge Gator fan, Gator football, basketball, anything. And I, I get really bothered by some of the things that people write. And this one dude wrote about, you know, former Gator coach Will Muschamp is now the head coach at South Carolina. And if you don't know anything about Will Muschamp, he was the head coach of the Gators. He came on to the Gators in 2011 after Urban Meyer, uh, re- quote, retired. And huh. he uh, – and – this guy wrote and, and Will Muschamp went underachieved at Florida. He had one great year in 2012. And afterwards he, you know, one year, the year after that, he was, uh, we went three and eight. We lost eight games, seven, our last seven games. And we lost to Georgia Southern at home. And we, and we also the next year went eight and four, he got fired. And he was constantly losing in recruiting uh, to the teams that we wanted to be like, like FSU and, and Alabama. He had pretty good recruiting classes, probably above average. Uh, but what, he had great defense. Offense was terrible, one of the worst offenses I've ever seen. And he just was underachieving. He deserved to be fired. And we hired Jim McElwain, who stunk, was terrible, was probably worse than Muschamp. And we have Muschamp went eight and four with South Carolina last year. He became the South Carolina coach two years ago. And this guy writes that UF fans are probably uh, seeing that the grass isn't always greener on the other side and should have regret. And it said on the, the byline, Muschamp continues to torture Gator fans. <laughs> It's so awful. It doesn't make any sense. It's the fallacy. This is the fallacy of when you have an underachieving coach who leaves, okay, who leaves or is fired, and then the next coach is worse or the next coach isn't as good. You don't want the underachieving coach back. You want an achieving coach. So nobody at UF, no UF fan I've ever seen wants Muschamp back. Nobody. No, absolutely not. They don't care about Muschamp. He went eight and four at South Carolina. That's great. Nobody believes, maybe South Carolina fans, nobody believes that Muschamp's going to take that team into uh, consistent prominence. They're going to be, if they're eight and four every year, then that would be solid, fine. But, and maybe they could go nine and three one year, but come on. 
if our new coach can't consistently beat Muschamp in South Carolina, then I'm, we're going to want a new coach. So it, it has nothing to do with the other. The, it's a fallacy that journalists and people on Twitter used to troll all the time. Oh, 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 and they fired him. Ooh, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, I guess they, they want Will Muschamp back now. Nobody, no fucking person wants him back. He's no. just, you, you, you don't want to be at the place the program was at when he was the coach. You want someone no. who's going to bring it higher. Just because McIlwain was terrible doesn't mean that we want him back. It's the stupidest thing I ever heard. He, anyone reading that article is just rolling their eyes. Nobody yeah, wants him back. Nobody, yeah, like it, 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 torment. He doesn't torment us at all. Wow. They beat us. We went to South Carolina and lost this year with a really crappy team that, and, and that was left us by the new coach who was already fired. So um, we didn't actually say to ourselves, oh, man. God, what a stupid move we did! We were going, we lost, we lost Bill Muschamp. We fired Fred him. Fred the fan, Fred be, the fan is exceptionally worked up, and it's awesome. So yeah, I God, that type of trolling stuff just uh, it's, it it's happens the all the time. It's the worst. Yeah, the worst. Okay, so I called an audible on mine because something happened earlier today, and I cannot fucking believe that it happened mm-hmm. for not not the first time, but the second time in two days. The New York Mets, okay, I am not a fan of the New York Mets. I do not care about them. Uh, but I watched recently, a, they got called out for batting out of order. Now, one might think, okay, maybe that's an honest mistake, but that does not happen in baseball, okay? People do not bat out of order in professional baseball. And it happened again today. If you are, if you're batting out of order in, in professional baseball, it is the equivalent of showing up to the airport the day after your flight. Like it's, it is the, I cannot believe, I cannot believe that a professional team has a manager who is just, and as acts as an organization, let this happen. Now, multiple times, I am completely baffled as to how you could be so bad at your job that this happens. I, I, I had to talk about it because I'm like, I, I can't even believe it's happening. The whole internet, Twitter is just losing their shit going, what in the hell is going on? I got poor Chris Schubert who works here, who's a very sad Mets and Jets fan. And he's like, welcome to my life. We have <laughs> stupid people running our organizations. And I looked at him and I go, dude, it's New York. How do you not find somebody who's better? And he goes, we're not the Yankees. And I, that's, that's, <laughs> that's just a horrible excuse to me. So I had to, I had to talk about it because I'm like, you know what, New York, figure your shit out, man. I'm tired <laughs> of you guys. Right before we started the pod, I found a, a, I found a tweet from um, this guy, Anthony DeComo, who covers the Mets. And this is from February 14th, right, bef- right when, uh, I guess, pitchers and catchers reported. Yeah, we're reporting. Yeah, and – he, he wrote, here's an example of Mickey Calloway's attention to detail. Every minute of the Mets' first spring workout is organized and accounted for. And he put a picture of it. <laughs> yeah, Mickey Calloway, not, not, so not the best. Not, not the, best. the best. Not the best. That is a, I cannot believe somebody is paying you to do that. Please hire me. Please give me the millions of dollars so I can put the batting order out properly. Jesus Christ. I cannot believe that that's real. Uh, Fred, how can everybody follow you on Instagram and Facebook? And I know you started a subreddit, so tell everybody how they can follow you. Um, on, on Twitter, at Old Takes Exposed. On 
Instagram freezing cold takes at freezing cold takes and Facebook freezing cold takes. And then I, I just started the subreddit. It's really cool. You know, I'm starting conversations and everything where people can chat with me about certain takes and other people can bring up their own topics too. It's um, it's freezing cold takes. Uh, yeah. I'm not really in with the Reddit lingo yet, but it's just freezing cold takes subreddit freezing cold takes. Yeah, Reddit is a uh, Reddit can sometimes be a cesspool, but Reddit yeah. is uh, Reddit is one of the places you can find a lot of good scoops, a lot yeah. of good information, a lot of good. If you are uh, if you're a fan of of old taking people, I would suggest you go you go out there and you have some conversations because Reddit can be really really fun. Uh, guys, you can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I. On Twitter, you can follow me on Instagram, the sports page straight through. You can watch all of those lovely Taylor Swift videos like Fred mentioned earlier. And uh, you can subscribe to our podcast by searching on iTunes for Petty Page and the Cold Taker. But for Fred, I'm Paige. Thanks for joining us this week, and uh, we'll be back next week.